All right, we got a cool quote from Pastor Stephen Furtick over at Elevation Church. I think you're going to enjoy it. It deals with the subject that many of you deal with, think about, and maybe even struggle with, and that is God's will. I hope you enjoy it. is from Pastor Stephen Furtick. If you don't know him, Google him. Uh, this is what he says. He says, if it's God's will, then he will open the door. But if it's not God's will, then he will close and block the door. Just don't try to force yourself through the door. You'll only hurt yourself. And what's on the other side won't be worth the pain. You just pitched a softball right at me. Who is Stephen Furtick? I just said to Google him. Here, I'll Google him. Ready? Stephen Furtick. I, I don't, I mean, what's just generally? Where's Stephen Furtick at? Jr. is a pastor, songwriter, and New York Times bestselling author. As founder and lead pastor, he has helped grow the multi-site Elevation Church into a global ministry through online streaming television and music of Elevation Worship. Okay. He's like super hip. Yeah, he's really cool. Is he the guy that um, likes to lift a lot of weights and grow his like beard really long and jump around on seats if people aren't listening? Uh, I mean, he has a beard. I mean, I think you just mixed him with. I think I don't know who you're thinking of. That sounded like a lot like The Rock. No, I was going to say uh, uh, Tom Cruise, but <laughs> that, that's what that's what he looks like. He doesn't look like that anymore. I'm pretty sure he does Christian steroids. This is him now. Like this is the most recent, fi- like recent yeah, picture yeah. Of him. Look at him. He looks like Mark McGuire in his rookie season to his season when he was hitting like eight thousand home runs. Anyway, that aside, look up Stephen Furtick recent picture and then comment if you do like or uh, do you disagree. Think, do you think Stephen Furtick's on Christian steroids because somebody in this podcast room does? That's not a, that I'm judging him. I don't really whatever. That's but a, it's that's, just that's a that's a sound bite right there. All right. So, would you like me to read the quote again? Yeah. Since we've gone this far. All right. He says, if it's God's will, he will open the door. If it's not God's will, he will close and block the door. Just don't try to force yourself through the door. You'll only hurt yourself. And what's on the other side won't be worth the pain. God's will is an interesting concept. There are actually multiple views on God's will. If you want to get a, an alternate view on God's will, check out Gary Friesen's book on God's will. He offers different perspectives on it, and I, I actually like it. I found it very liberating. There are some people that think that God's will is like a dot. In other words, they have one thing that they're supposed to accomplish in their life, and if they're outside of that dot, they're outside of God's will. The other view is that God's will is sort of like a a circle that's shaded or graded in that if you're inside of that circle, then you're in God's will and that you can act and live accordingly. I I tend to 
fall on that side. And if that means nothing to you or if that's confusing, like I said, you're going to have to buy the book or go on to Google and, and check out the, the teachings on that. What was the book again? Gary Friesen is the author, and he wrote a book about knowing God's will. Okay. So God's will. I've used this when I was teaching through James. You're at a red light. You're in your car. There's a red light, so you're stopped. You know that the red light is signaling to you something, and that's you need to stop. Well, there are things in the Bible that are clearly expressed for us to stop. It's against God's will. You know, you read the Ten Commandments, and he says, thou shalt not steal. Well, that's pretty clear. That's in the red light zone. We shouldn't go around stealing. Then you have the green light. That may be where God is okay with you doing things. Um, And then you have the in-between parts, which is the gray areas or the, the yellow lights. And the Bible speaks about these things. In 1 Corinthians 8 and 9, you, Paul talks about this. In Romans 14 and 15, Paul talks about this. Not everything is in the black and white. Not everything is in the red light or the green light. So I think what Furtick, the weightlifter, is talking about is in the yellow light maybe here. I just know this. You know, I immediately, my mind is drawn to Luke 18. That's the parable of the persistent widow. And just for me to summarize it, this is where a a widow is going to bring her case against an unjust judge, and she will not stop pestering this judge until he gives in to her. And the point of the parable is that you are to continue to go and continue to act until God closes the door. So I'm a firm believer that, you know, man, if a door is closed and I'm and there's a crack in it, I don't really care. I, I think we should push the door down or jump over the door or go around the door. You know, you have to be courageous in this life. I'm not willing to take no a lot of times unless I see that clearly bright red light sitting in front of me. Hmm. Those are just some of my thoughts. I think it was... Uh... Charles Swindoll, in his book, When I Hear, uses this really good illustration. He said, uh, if you told me after the church church service, hey, on your way home, your wife just got off the phone with me, and she said to tell you, on your way home from church, go and buy that Ferrari you've been looking at since you were like 19 years old. His, he said, my first reaction would be, my wife said that? Like, my wife told told you to tell me to go and buy that Ferrari. He said, the reason why I would ask that is because I've spent enough time with my wife. I have known her for long enough. I know her values. I know how she thinks. I know the kinds of things that, that she says. That when I hear things like that, my immediate reaction is, is that doesn't sound like my wife. That doesn't sound like the person that I've spent my entire life with. And his point was, he said, you're not going to know what God wants you to do today until you recognize his voice from things he said yesterday. The more time you spend in the Bible, the more time you spend with God, the more time you devote yourself to him personally, you're going to know his voice. You're going to know his values. You're going to know the kinds of things that he's constantly wanting us as Christians to do. And there's there's no other way around that. There is no quick, easy to find out what God's will for you is today. It's built on your relationship with him. And just like any other relationship, 
you know, you don't know someone over a one night conversation. You you get to know them over a long period of time with lots of devoted time given to that that person and really getting to know them and asking questions and digging down. And that's what we have with God. And that's why he gave us a whole book called the Bible. And that is to read about what he said and did yesterday so that we can familiarize ourselves with what he is telling us today. Uh, personally, I'm going to ask a question. And that is, uh, do you think, Pastor Anthony, um, do you think that it's when it's God's will, it's always going to look successful in our eyes? Like if he wants us to do something, do you think it's always going to look like, because like me personally, there's been a lot of things that I felt like God has called me to do or has kind of, I would say, called or like just pushed me into that either didn't look like it worked out or it didn't look successful in my eyes. Does God's will always look like, like, uh, like a win to us? No. And the greatest example of all is the cross. Jesus was crucified. A crown of thorns was smashed on his head. He was spat upon, ridiculed, humiliated. By our standards, that's a huge failure. So Jesus and, and God's will accomplished something amazing. But in the eyes of humans, it looked like a huge failure. Mm. Um, I love what you said about the spending time in the Bible because you get more familiar with his voice. Jesus says that in John 10. He says that the sheep will hear his voice. The more time the sheep spend with the shepherd, the more familiar they are with their, their the, the voice of the master. Mm. Mm -hmm. You know, people can't see this right now, but if you've watched our YouTube videos, you see this, you see my dog running around in the church and... I remember when I first got him, you know, I was calling him by his name and he had no idea who I was and my voice. He had no idea what his name was. But now all you have to do is whisper his name and he runs immediately. He's by my side. And that's through relationships that we've developed. And I think one of the things too that's always very comforting is, and I can't recommend this enough, there's a book, it's called... Your God is Too Glorious by Chad Bird. And in that book, one of the things he talks about is, is he said, the average Christian doesn't know the level of realism that is in the book of, of Psalms. We think of Psalms as just a bunch of songs. But take your time and read through it because one of the things that is in there that I think is so golden is that a lot of those psalms are written by everyday people like you and me who they're they're singing praises of God when they see something glorious happen but there's also a lot of psalms that make us almost uncomfortable because it's people just almost in a way they're like they're they're venting their frustration to God when things aren't working out and like you said you know uh when Jesus was on the cross Every one of those disciples, including Jesus' own mom, looked at that and said, God, how are you working through this? Little did they realize that God had a plan the entire time. God allows us to vent our frustration to him, and he welcomes it to the point where he allowed people like David to write their frustration out, with not just with him, but just with just life in general. And he kept it logged in his book called The Bible for us to read and to sing. And, you know, it's it's... 
it's okay for us when we are in those moments where we don't know why God is doing something, when we don't feel like winners, when we don't feel like God's accomplishing something. It's okay for us to talk to God about those things. He doesn't He doesn't want us to go to Him just when we're you know, whenever we're happy. He wants us to go to Him in every emotion, in every time, in every every avenue of life. Wouldn't you agree? I would. So, I just I. I know that's something that to me personally has always been in the back of my mind. It has been a huge comfort to me. Um, but any last thoughts on this loaded quote, loaded topic? No last thoughts for us. But if you have any thoughts, I'm going to invite you to check out our uh, YouTube page by subscribing. You will get an alert every time we share something new. And if you have any thoughts... You know what? We want to hear from you. We want, we want to interact with you. So drop a line in the comment section. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Is there anything you'd like to add to God's will? Uh, have you read the book that I suggested earlier? Or is there anywhere in the Bible that you can point to that we um, we kind of overlooked? We'd love to hear from you. All right. And as you see in the, con- the um, detailed section below... You can find our uh, the link to our website, a link to donate any money if you like what you're hearing and you want to support us. That would be fantastic. Uh, there's also a link to our SoundCloud uh, channel. Please pray that we can get onto iTunes here pretty soon. Thank you for all your support. And as Anthony said, leave us a comment down below. Thank you for supporting us and loving us and listening to us. Please share this with other people, and we will catch up with you next week.